Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who was charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Kanarek and Robert Goodwin in Long Valley, New Jersey. Kanarek was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting and in the alternative because he fired those shots in self-defense. In our last episode, we continued our coverage of the defense cross-examination of Ms. Kanarek as the witness offered additional testimony about her decision to record conversations between the defendant and others without their knowledge and about her financial relationship with the defendant. On today's installment, defense attorney Edward Belinkus continues his questioning of the witness with another round of inquiry about Ms. Kanarek's social media attacks on the defendant. That's all coming up right after the break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. At the end of our last episode, Michael Barrison's lawyer, Edward Belinkus, was asking questions of alleged victim Lauren Kanarek about her financial relationship with his client when Judge Stephen Taylor interrupted the defense attorney to tell him that his area of inquiry was irrelevant to the case and instructed him to move on to another line of questioning. As we begin today, Belinkus takes a new tack. Ms. Kanarek, at some point in time, you start bad-mouthing Michael Barrasso to people in the industry and on social media, correct? Correct. You tell people that he abuses and neglects horses, correct? I don't know if I said all of that, but it could be correct. It did happen, so I might have said it. You, you even called him a, a criminal. I don't believe I called him criminal. It's possible, though. I'm not going to say it never happened. Well, did you claim that that flood that occurred at the farmhouse when he was in Florida with Mary Hopkins was an insurance scam? Yeah, I probably claimed that on Facebook somewhere. Yes. You probably, you don't have a specific recollection no. of telling people that he committed insurance fraud? No, I only have the specific recollection of what he himself said about it. I don't remember whether or not I decided to go blabbing on Facebook about it that day or not. Maybe I did. I sometimes do. Not my best choice, but it could have happened. Now, and you realize insurance fraud is a crime, correct? Oh, yes, I realize that. And so when I asked you the question, did you accuse him of a crime, you realized by calling him someone who's committed insurance fraud that that is accusing him of a crime, correct? I mean, yeah, I did go to the police about it and report him, you know, because then if I didn't have exact proof, I don't want to be accused of making some of the erroneous report. So I was expressing my feelings on it based on what we had heard him say to us himself. And we very much believed that at one point he did not want the information that we had about that getting out. Right. Well, then you told everybody on social media whatever you thought you had, correct? Probably. Now, you contacted SafeSport, the town, 
maybe other agencies. Uh, did you ever contact the insurance company and give them this evidence that you had? No, I did speak to the insurance adjuster, though, and he made it very clear that he had some, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how to articulate it. He had some arrangement with Michael, and he could not discuss it, and he left. But we were, I just wanted to ask him a couple of questions, and he wasn't having it, so I left it alone at that point. You just said that you were aware of the fact that Michael Barrisone didn't even negotiate the fraud claim. There was a private adjuster that did that, correct? I'm sorry. You talked to him. There was private? somebody that said they were a private Judge, adjuster. I'm going to object at this point to the relevance. I think this is getting far afield. Judge, I'm just questioning her answers to the questions as to what she knew and what she said. Well, and again, it, it, you brought out that she accused him of insurance fraud. That's what's relevant. So move on. Sustained. Now, three days before the shooting, were you posting on Facebook that everything from my life, livelihood, and even writing career have all been threatened should I refuse to adhere to the things I've been put through constantly? Mm -hmm. I did, yes. Right that. And, and who was threatening your life? And livelihood, as you read, um, Michael Barrison and his girlfriend, Mary Haskins. And, and how were they doing that? Several ways. They were calling barns and trainers from Michael's higher up, powerful, like Olympian friends to your average, you know, next door barn, telling them that we're menaces, we're torturing them, we're terrors. And then at the same time, you know, making it like we need to leave or they didn't want us there. So I guess in the best way to describe it is it was, it was like trying, they're trying to we felt they were trying to like trap us there, saying, oh, you know, you have to leave. My girlfriend doesn't like you, but oh, yeah, you also can't go anywhere else because you've been calling every single place, telling them don't take their horses. That was happening. Um, then the girlfriend was calling, not just calling, Michael and the girlfriend weren't just calling. They were actually going so far as to cyber stalk all of my social media pages back to up to like five years to see if I ever had a conflict with anyone and then get that person involved in this dispute. Whether I'd not spoken to that person in five years, two years, 10 years, it didn't matter. They were doing things that were not okay by any of the governing bodies of the sport, by any of the governing bodies of all the sports, and quite frankly, by the law, since they were cyber-stalking my page. When you say cyber-stalking your page, first of all, you indicated that they were contacting people that knew you, correct? I don't know who, among them, yes. Okay. And also other people, Michael wrote um, in a text message to- How did you see the text message? Twitter. It was posted publicly on Twitter okay. that Michael posted literally these words. I'm a very big guy in the Olympics. I have a lot of power here or whatever. I'm good friends with the head counts with the CEO, Murray Kessler, and the chief of staff, the chief counsel, Sonia Keating. I have a lot of power there. Like basically, once you've gone to the Olympics, you have all this power. So I'm going to be able to do whatever I want. Encouraging this he person. said, I'm going to be able to do whatever I want in that Twitter. Something like that. I, I'm paraphrasing most of these things, you know, like you sort of have a little bit. But um, yes, in the instance that you're discussing, yes, on Twitter, it's public, posted publicly. The text message that Michael Barrison wrote to this person saying, Mary Haskins said she found you online. She's never met you. I'm this big guy in Olympic sports. I have a lot of friends. 
um, good best friends or good friends with the head counsel, Murray Kessler, who's the CEO, the lead counsel, Sonia Keating, good friend as well, basically asserting his power that he's this big Olympian who can bully us peons into submission in whatever way he wants on an anger tan or a temper tantrum and get others involved in doing it, which to safe sport is an abuse of power, which to the law, I'm sure, is cyber-stalking, I don't know, and to USEF, our oversight body, would also be weaponization of the oversight body and a violation of their code. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Defense attorney Belinkus follows up with Ms. Kanarak about Michael Barrison's complaints regarding her attacks on him and Mary Haskins Gray. And you think that by him contacting these people and talking to them about you and what is going on, specifically the postings that you're making, the bad-mouthing that you're doing of him and all his stuff, that there's something inappropriate with him checking you out or conducting an investigation as to who you really are? I'm sorry, I missed, I missed the question in that. That's the reason that you just stated in your last answer is the reason why you claimed in this post that your life and livelihood have all been threatened. Yes, when an Olympian blatantly says to someone in a text message, I am going to ruin this person's life. Who said that? Michael said it. He said... There is a text out there or any post... Can you let, let her finish, Mr. Belinkus, please? I'll withdraw the question. Is there any... Actually, yeah, I do believe there is a text out there okay. that he wrote. Okay, did you give that text to the prosecutor? for him to no. use in this court courtroom? No, I do not. Where is that text that you just said Michael Barrison said he was going to ruin your life? Well, we heard him saying it. We heard he texted people this, saying he's going to ruin our lives and, quote, find a way to make our lives hell. We got wind of the fact that he was, in fact, doing that when we spoke to another person who I'm not going to bring into at the moment. I'm sure will come in later. But, like I said, for all the world to see, he put on display by texting this woman that he is this big guy in Olympics and that she, in fact, a person who's not even a horse person, should immediately call these go uh, go uh, sorry oversight bodies and make complaints against us. And this is a person I had a personal dispute with that ended years prior and was telling her, make this complaint and don't worry, it's okay. I'm a big guy in Olympic sports. No one's going to... That's how was, the text reads. Was that... I'm sorry, what, what was, was, was that... Don't even think about going there, Mr. Belenkis. Move on. Okay. We're going down a rabbit hole here. Okay. Move I need, on. I need a yes or no answer, if, if you can answer that way. Is there a text message to support what you just said in your last answer 
where Michael Barrison said he was going to destroy your life. Um, yes or no? I, if I recall correctly, there is. Okay. I would not swear my life on it. Those exact words were used, but I would testify that some words to that effect were used in the and, text. And did you tell that to Prosecutor Shelhorn? I don't know. I honestly don't remember. I mean, we have I'm all sure of his... many conversations. You're aware of the fact that we have all of his texts, your texts, Mm -hmm. Judge, I don't, I don't know that that's accurate. That yeah, Mr. Belenkis, ignore that, members of the jury. Ask another question, please. Would, would it surprise you to know that Michael Barrison doesn't have a Twitter account? No, it wouldn't surprise me. He has a Facebook account, though. Well, you just said you saw it on Twitter, correct? Yes, I saw it posted by another person on Twitter. Another person? Yes, a text made by Michael Barrison to this person and this person posted a screen, a photo of that message on Twitter. In fact, there were several of them. Some of them are still there. Some have been deleted and screenshot. Some are still there right now. Right. Let's, let me ask you this. Did you ever post something regarding Barrison and Mary Haskins and then delete it? Not that I recall, unless uh, Facebook took it down or a site that thought like a post was inappropriate or said edit or delete it. I do not recall deleting any posts. That's more of Mary Haskins thing. Now, you just talked about having uh, or listening to recorded conversations between Michael Barrison and his staff concerning you. Mm -hmm. Did there come a time when you would use those words to taunt him? His own words. Taunt him? Yes. No, no, we're not called that. Would, what do you call when you post private conversations that someone has on social media. Um, Do you think that that would have an impact right, on the question? Yes. Uh, how many questions? Just one at a time. Let her answer, and then you ask a follow-up. I would think that since in those very recordings that you're speaking of, he literally says... Listen, I'm not asking you what he said. Well, I'm asking you... Mr. Belenkis. She's not answering the question, Judge. I, I don't know, because you cut her off. I don't know if she's answering it or not. I'll withdraw the question. I think you should withdraw and move on to another area. Ms. Cataract. Yes. Did you post private conversations that you recorded of Michael Barrison on social media? Yes, I did. Did you text him some of the private conversations that you had recorded? I don't think so? Maybe? I can't imagine I would text him. I recorded you saying this, no. but I don't know. I, I don't know the answer. I'm sorry. Let's turn to August 6th, the day before the shooting. Okay. Um, I Do I have the... No. I'm, I'm going to ask you some questions with regards to a Facebook post that was posted for everyone to see. Um, this is, I'm sorry. And, it, and this is the one where you start off where you say, some advice to all couples, never give an ultimatum. Yeah, this, remember is the, that post? this is the post you just read a few seconds ago. No, this is August 6th. Well, yeah. why, don't you, why don't you show it to us so we can get it clear? I'm showing your Facebook post, page 3135. Yes. I'm gonna I think that's page 3135 of S402, just so the record is clear about what Show. Read this. Is this your Facebook post that goes on to the second page? Yes, this is the one where you read about the homewrecker girlfriend and VK. No, this, this, is, this, is, this is a different one. August 6th. Yes, the sixth chapter post that we read talked about. Nope, we haven't gone over this one. This is okay. another one. Okay, you say so. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Okay. Go ahead. August 6th, 2019. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you start off this social media post by saying, never give an ultimatum. Mm -hmm. Did you hear anyone in your secret recording give Michael an ultimatum? I have no idea, probably. Actually, yes, I did. But in, I don't know how direct they were. I don't know how to answer that question. It, yes, there were ultimatums given. And you heard notes. that in private conversations? Correct. Who were the ultimatums given by? Mary Haskin, in some cases. Michael, I believe, and some other. Mary DeFranco, and quite a few. And these were all captured from your locker in the stable area? That's correct. They would all gather on the bench and discuss things. Why they were doing it in front of my locker, I couldn't say. But, I mean, there are horses walking by, so horses no. typically don't go in living areas. Just Have you listened to all these tapes? There's not horses going by in Mark, Mr. Belinkus. Okay. Come on. En enough of the comments, please. Just ask a question, get an answer, ask another question. Now, with regards to this post, which is the day before the shooting, mm -hmm. you're talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, people that give ultimatums tend to be miserable and insecure people, correct? Correct. And again, you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, numerous world-class show animals and even managed to get the human husband on an alternate list for a coveted spot in the Olympics and produce winning competitors prior. You put in parentheses, again, just a random example. Right. When Don't you who you are, but if you're reading from it, then when, yes, when you posted things like that, did you intentionally make a statement and, and try to cover your tracks with a, another statement like, that's only examples, I'm not talking about you, or using metaphors. Did you try to disguise who you were talking about? Probably, that it wouldn't be, so I'll just leave it at yes, probably, I think that would make sense. Will you agree with me that it's clear in this post that you're talking about Barrison and Haskins? It's clear to me, yes. Or to anybody that knows Barrison or Haskins, correct? and that knows I'm training with them and that's where I'm located and that had they made these phone calls bad-mouthing us for what we believe is no reason, they might come to my page and say, okay, there's another side of the story. Okay. And I wouldn't have to say a name or out anybody so that anyone else would know. But those people that we discussed were getting phone calls that were not involved in anything going on would maybe come to my page and say, okay, um, there's more to this than what we're hearing from their side at the moment. And, and, and is it true that when you're making these posts, you always try to qualify things to a certain extent, extent to protect yourself, correct? Yeah, probably, yeah. Like for instance, where you said here, upon this hypothetical husband, in quotes, mm -hmm. return, he had in tow with him a much younger woman who hosted said clinic not pretty on the outside or nice on the inside, just fightful, adulterous, and insecure. Did you say that about Mary Haskins? Yes. Now, did you say that after the divorce, that Mary Haskins, she began discussing plans to remodel the home her boyfriend once shared with his wife? Mr. Belenkis, let me see that sidebar, please. After another sidebar where Judge Taylor admonishes the defense counsel for the relevance of his line of questioning, the judge resumes the proceedings briefly. All right, move on, Mr. Belenkis. Or is this a good time to break, Mr. Belenkis? 425. I think it is. All right. It's my wife's 
sixty. Well, we don't we don't need to get into that. We'll just just tell me yes. It's time to break. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll break for today. Please don't discuss the case. All right, we'll see you tomorrow morning, same time. You can step down there. You can just wait outside. Just don't walk down that end. Just stay, stay down this end until the prosecutor comes out. Sure. All right, thank you. After the jury has left the courtroom, Judge Taylor offers one final admonishment to the defense attorney before adjourning for the day. Mr. Blackus, don't ever comment to the jury about anything in your personal life. All right, it's inappropriate. It, I, I know, but it's not. It's not necessary. It's just not. It's completely unnecessary. And it's it, yeah. Yes. No. It's well, why do they have to know that? Why do they have to know that? It is a big deal. It is a big deal. You shouldn't have any communications with the jury. And with that, Judge Taylor brought day three of the Barrison trial to a close, and we conclude this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Michael Barrison. If you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced and edited by Chris Taracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and trial audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Michael Barrison.